Hi, everyone. This is Mary Curick with Front Runners Innovate, and I have a special guest with me today, Oscar Malongo. And Oscar is in South Africa, and he is many things. <laughs> he wears many titles. Uh, he's an author. He is, um, you know, he is a conflict resolution expert, which we're going to discover a little bit more about that. And then works with the African Union on some language uh, project. So we'll, we'll find out about that here in a little bit. With me is my co-host, Egweshi Augustine, and Egweshi is out of Nigeria and runs an NGO there and works with youth and youth development projects and programs inside the schools and does uh, some curating of events around Africa, which is how he and I met. So welcome to you both. Nice to have you as, uh, as we get for uh, move forward with this. So, Oscar, we're going to start with your background. And as I like to start with everybody, because we'd like to know where you came from in terms of your experience, your, you know, you can start as far back as your childhood, whatever brought you forward and kind of planted you in the, the workspace that you're in now. So you have the floor. <laughs> um, uh, hello, Mary. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. Um, as you say, my name is um, Oscar, last name Shongo, uh, which will be difficult for you to pronounce, I'm sure. So, but um, just a just a brief background. I I've, I'm I'm from South Africa, um, born and bred in in Durban. So I I grew up in a very very traditional. Uh, uh, home setting. So I, I, I come from people who value um, African values, in other words. Mm -hmm. So my mother and my father are very, very traditional. Um, and then my grandfather uh, happened to be a, a traditional chief in, 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 in one of the rural areas um, here in KwaZulu-Natal. So I grew up with a very, very strong uh, cultural uh, orientated background mm -hmm. so so uh, in terms of my uh, culture because i'm zulu by ethnicity so uh, uh, i am familiar with, with with the historical underpinnings and much familiar with the, the the ideology behind the culture and more especially with the overall um, background of the continent as well in terms of um, you know the philosophical backgrounds the uh, and the social political um, uh, uh, dynamics as well that are here in the continent so so um, I think that who I am today is based mostly on 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 my my background, which is very, very traditional and value orientated in terms of African ideologies and African literature and Africa and African historical underpinnings. That's fantastic. I can definitely see the thread of what brought you forward. Um, let's talk definitely. about yeah. Let's talk about the work that you're you're doing with the Department of Cooperative governance. That is an interesting title for a department. So first explain what the department does and then what your role is in the department, if you will. Okay, well, the department oversees in terms of the traditional um, aspects of governance in, in, in South Africa. So in terms of the royal uh, uh, kingdoms, and then in terms of uh, the traditional affairs as well, um, in terms of uh, development in, in rural community, mostly in rural communities, and making sure that um, legislation is actually followed when it comes to uh, 
drone ascensions in terms of the people, the rightful successors to the drone um, in terms of the, the, the traditional uh, leadership dynamics. So it's mostly a, 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 a traditional orientated um, governance-based department that I work for. That's interesting because I can I can get that because of the difference that you have there. You have the influential kingdoms, leadership of the kingdoms. Then you have the elected governing officials and, and that sort of thing. The dy dynamics have to be pretty interesting to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, so conflict re resolution is uh, sort of your title then as an expert. What does that actually mean and what do you do? Okay, well, just to give you a brief background of how, how it's all started. Um, hello, Mary, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, you can. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. So just to give you a brief background of what actually happened. Um, when I was doing my second degree at the University of KwaZulu-Natal, we formed a bond with, with one of the academic leaders there, which happens to be Professor Sihauge Nguban. He's also very, very acclaimed, especially here in the, in, in, in the continent. So um, I had approached him and then I, I, I said to him that, you know, Prof, um, you've mentored me so much. So I, I actually want to assist you when it comes to a research projects so that I'm actually much more familiar with what is happening in the continent because he, he does a lot of African Renaissance work and, 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 and some work as well for the African Union. So what had happened was um, we were, the, as I said um, uh, earlier to you that in terms of the, the religious book that I, I co-author, he's the other, he's the second um, co-author. Yeah. So what had happened was, is that we decided to say, let's start a research institute. And then we named this institute as Injulaluaz, meaning uh, the philosophical underpinnings of knowledge. So, so what we do is that we look at what is philosophical uh, in terms of African literature. So it, it's mainly a research institute that focuses on, on, on cultural um, underpinnings and African ideological values. So we formed this um, a, a, a research institute and then we were invited to actually apply uh, to, um, uh, for this role to be under a task team of, 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 of uh, conflicts resolution of succession disputes because there's a lot of succession disputes that are taking place in um, in, 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 in royal uh, uh, leaderships in terms of who, who is the successor that needs to be the, that traditional leader in, in, in that particular, for that particular clan. So mm -hmm. we were, and then we did apply and then we were granted the position. So um, we have been to, uh, allocated a number of matters and we have finalized some of them and then uh, because the, uh, for our portfolio with the department, it, it is twofold. It's one, to, to actually uh, determine who exactly is the rightful heir uh, for, that clan, for that clan. And then secondly, also to come up with some sort of uh, a resolution for the family in terms of for them to come together again and to engage in a process of uh, forgiveness, but not forgiveness, in the in the, in in perhaps the how can I put this um, in, in in the in the basic sense so forgiveness in terms of undergoing certain cultural and 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 
cultural uh, and, and, and practical values and practical um, uh, ideologies as well, following those underpinnings. And then for them now to be united again, because, you know, because what they do is that uh, perhaps two or three names come up as the next successor based on the, on that particular clan and then what, what happens is that we cho- we determine who is the rightful successor and then obviously in in in, in having various names popping up they, they becomes factions within the family so the family breaks up and then our job is to come up with the successor and then to also unite to try and unite if possible the family for them to engage in this process of forgiveness because what you find is that there's a lot of bad things that actually uh, happen, you know, uh, by the time we engage in this process of determining who exactly is the rightful successor, you find that there's a lot of uh, bad things that the family members uh, have done to each other. Is it a competitive situation? Is that what, why it's driven to that conflict? Uh, uh, it, it depends. I, I think that it depends. Sometimes you find that, you know, f- for that person who was there in the first place, the one now where uh, a successor is required, um, you find that uh, there were family members who were unhappy in the first place ah. with this person ah. ascending to the throne. Yeah. And then now you find that they want to engage in this sense of uh, revengeful, you know, uh, <laughs> process yeah. of, of actually getting back to, you know, even this person that was there in the first place. I did not want this person to be in the throne. And then now I'm going to capitalize now that he perhaps is deceased or is removed and so on and so forth. Wow. I think probably the natural question for the for some of the places in the world that don't deal with monarchies um, and what you know the importance of the families, the tribes, and that sort of thing it would be for you to explain really quickly though what um, why that matters so much because we do know that governing bodies govern, but what what are the what are the powers that are creating some of the conflict that that these tribal monarchies have? <clears throat> Okay, well, certainly. Well, um, you know, with us here, in, 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 uh, and, and, and I think my brother, they will also attest to, to this, you know, with us here in, in Africa before colonization or, or our contact with the West. So there's, there was a lot of kingdoms. Africa was actually divided in terms of uh, uh, kingdoms. So uh, you find that, yes, that was tempered with... Uh, uh, when it comes to our contact with the West. And then, but you find that now after independence, uh, what had happened was that our governments um, individually, they recognized the sense of customary uh, law as well. So you find that they are actually recognized and then the, the government uses uh, them as as a tra- as as the traditional leaders mm-hmm. of those respective mm-hmm. communities to actually um, institute or to actually uh, 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 dispensate more of of what exactly it is that the government is trying to achieve in terms of government initiatives and in terms of government innovations and in terms of government uh, development programs. Okay. So and then now you find that. Even this as well has also contributed because now with government, government comes with certain benefits, you know, and and obviously government comes with money 
and then government comes with influence. So now you find that the ascension to the throne, it's, it's more of um, the benefits that I'll reap when I ascend to the throne uh, as to relative to how it was before in terms of being uh, ascending to the throne for rightful and moral reasons. So I think that in a sense, that this has somehow contributed to those succession disputes that we face because you find that a lot of people now uh, are looking and at uh, in terms of a government is coming with these benefits and what's in it for me rather than yeah. uh, you know what is in it for my community and what can I do for my uh, nation and country at large. So it sounds like more than just uh, bringing the rightful people to the right the right seat or the right throne. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's more than that. It's it's bringing the whole right concept of how to do. Uh, the right exactly thing. exactly How to do the right exactly thing. and and I th- and I think this is sorry to cut you off there Mary because no. you've just reminded me of, of a very very important point uh, uh, and then you find that you know I think this is where the rationale of our government in terms of creating this task team to actually determine who's the rightful person to ascend to the throne because according to our customs and our uh, ideological values as Africans, uh, uh, the next person to ascend to the throne is not elected, but is actually, this person has a birthright to be in that seat. Yeah. So we determine in terms of that birthright, and obviously what comes next is the, the sense of rightful reasons. Is this person uh, uh, really, uh, you know, uh, fitting to sit, to, <laughs> yeah. to sit in the seat and on, so on and so forth? Yeah, I mean, uh, leadership is is also something that I, I would think has to, I mean, not everybody that has the birthright to, to sit on the throne should actually be the right person to sit on the throne. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we exactly. do that sometimes. Um, fascinating stuff. And it puts you in the kind of the middle as a mediator type of person, especially if you're trying if to bring families and bring them back together so that um, everybody's kind of on the same page. And not only that, that if other tribes have to weigh in, if there's somebody over more than one, tribe. I don't know how that works in South Africa. I know in other countries it sometimes is that way um, where, you know, the the tribes come together and maybe they elect one king out of all. But um, it's really interesting to see um, the powers that the tribes have. In some cases, they own the lands because traditionally they've always owned those lands. So that's part of the struggle, the power struggle type thing, I think, that, that comes with it. So let's talk about, um, you know, like I say, you wear a lot of hats. Let's talk a little bit about your African Union work. And I know Igweshi knows a little bit about that. I think he's getting ready to do an event that has to do with African Union um, programs and whatnot. So I know he'll want to weigh in. But tell us a little bit about what you're doing there with the the languages. Okay. And then, okay, now, uh, my second mentor in academia um, (laughs) who happens to be Professor Laga Kubali, also um, it's an, uh, uh, acclaimed in the continent, and he also works for Oxford University as well oh. because he's a champion for uh, the Isi Zulu language. Mm. Um, so there's some synergy that he's doing with with uh, the Oxford University. So he's actually the one who invited me to to think about joining the commission because what had happened was the the, the African Union Commission had uh, mandated him to start up a, 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 a African uh, indigenous language commission based on, you know, mostly of 
well, focusing on the language of Isuzu. And then um, what had happened was he invited me to also join in in terms of the work that um, he was mandated with. And then obviously I, I, I did not even think twice about it, given my, my background, as I said to you, because I've, also, I've always wanted to contribute uh, to, uh, to a much more broader uh, audience in the African continent. And then I've also, secondly, I've, also, I've always wanted to join, be part of the African Union. It's just that I did not think that it would happen so soon, you know, because this, <laughs> this had happened when I was 20, 29 or 28, 28, when I was 28 years old. So I, I did not expect it to be so soon. And then obviously I joined in without even think, hesitating. And then the work that we do there is mostly to um, engage in the process of um, decolonizing um, uh, the, the curriculums. Yeah, especially we, we, for now, we're focusing on higher education. We're trying to look at how can we create programs that actually aim at decolonizing um, uh, the curriculum in terms of uh, we, what we're trying to do is that we're trying to intellectualize African indigenous languages. What do I mean by intellectualizing? We're trying to actually uh, bring them up in terms of for not, not for them, not for African indigenous languages to engage in a process of mere translating the, the, the literature that is there in academia, but actually looking into the African ideologies in terms of the literature that is there with African ideology and then bring it, bringing it in using African indigenous languages and then um, trying perhaps to actually engage in a process where we're trying to raise the standard of uh, African indigenous languages to be on par with other um, languages that are used in, in African universities. That's interesting. I was telling uh, him, uh, Igweshi, right before we kind of got on, is that I, I've never met an African that had a better command of English than him. <laughs> so it's interesting that he, uh, that, you know, language is his sort of strong suit. That, as, yeah. as, as you can see, as you can see in my background, I, I read a lot. So I do a lot of reading. You, and, yeah. and, and, and one of my biggest plunge is on books. I buy a lot of books. I actually surprise people because I enter a bookshop with a trolley or sometimes I oh with you know a basket and it just buy as many books as I possibly oh, can. Oh wow. man I've got somebody for you that's always quoting uh book titles for me the former uh U.S. congressman slash U.S. ambassador to Denmark and whenever I get him on a business call he's always like talking about he's also an author but he's always talking about these books so okay. I'm gonna have to get you connected. Igweshi do you have any questions uh for Oscar um about his work with the African Union. Can you hear me? Let's see if you can pop on. Egweshi, can you hear me? Is he still with us? Yeah, well, in theory he is. Yeah, <laughs> I can see him. Um, he's on mute. Okay. Yeah. Egweshi, you're on mute. On mute. Okay, so we're just going to kind of let that be if he's been, not been able to um, have that connectivity. It looks like he's connected and he's just got his camera and his uh, microphone off. So maybe he'll pop in. Um, let's go on and talk okay. about the books. This is exciting. So you've co-authored one and are, you know, you've just authored another. So tell us a little bit about those. 
Okay, um, with the first one, which is the uh, the historical background of the St. John's Apostolic Faith Mission Church, um, it's actually a very, very big church. It has a membership of more than 9.7 million members. Um, so it's a very, very Afro-centric based church yeah. because their leader it was a, a prominent leader who did amazing things for them in that church is a father, the late father, uh, uh, Masang. So uh, what had happened was we were approached with, with, the, with the first professor that I mentioned, Professor Sihawil Ngobane, by the church to actually write something about this amazing man. Um, and then what we, we just did a lot of research, visited the church, and then uh, went when um, uh, the likes of uh, their leader, Baba Masang and others as well, um, were com being commemorated in the church. So we did a lot of research there. So it's just mo mostly just a, a background of, 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 of the church, what is the church about, the leaders, the background of the leaders, and the values of the church. And then that's the first book. And then the second book is, is on Ubuntu. So I'm trying to uh, eliminate the sense that we now have as um, in the continent, because I'm trying to remind each and every single person that is here that uh, even for those in the diaspora as well, that, you know, our, our ideology is not selfish because by being selfish, we actually harm each other. So I'm trying to remind them that, no, we actually have values that, that we come with from Kemet and Nubia. Uh, where they are based on solidarity and being collective and actually, uh, you know, seeing the other person not merely as a means, but rather as an, as an end. So it's based mo mostly on, on eliminating the sense of selfishness that we have as human beings now. And then just trying to remind each and every single person in the continent and even in the world, because I think it actually contributes to universal literature, because I know with um with western um continental philosophy as well there's a lot of emphasis on uh human humanistic approaches so i'm trying to look at that as well and try to uh, create some sort of collaboration and synergy with african ideology that aims to uh, uh recognize the the humanness and 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 that the fact that other human beings uh, have goodwill and 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 how can we actually uh, collaborate and engage in the process of much more mutual collaborations rather than uh, independence and saying that you know I'm independent of you and I don't need you. In fact, I need you to in order for me to succeed or you know backstab you and all of this. So I'm trying to look at those dynamics in the book. That's fantastic. Um, so the this latter one that you just mentioned is uh, is it about to be released? Um, it, it will be released um, next year, perhaps in in March. So I haven't decided on the launching date, but um, uh, most probably the latest will be March, okay. sometime in March. So perhaps on that, and you know? let us know. I'd uh, love for you to do a little bit of a reading of that um, on camera okay. for us. That would be awesome. And congratulations, that's fantastic about the church, the, the historic, historical perspective of that. I think that's really important to kind of document those things because if you don't, then 
a lot of that is just hearsay. And after a generation or two or three, then there's no more, <laughs> you know, there's no more information. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really good that you're doing that. This is fantastic stuff. So what, what's ahead for you? More books? <laughs> Are you going to write more books? What do you think is, uh, along with the work that you're, well, let me, let me start it. Let me back up and start it this way. What is the impact you sitting right now and you're young, but what is the impact you hope to have given the trail or the path that you're on right now? What's the impact? The impact for me is, um, is to go back to what uh, His Excellency uh, Kwame Nkrumah, who was the president of Ghana, uh, what he said in 1963 when our um, head of states, about 32 of them, 31 or 32 of them, gathered in, in Ethiopia and Addis Ababa, uh, to, to see a much more united Africa in terms of the continent. So an Africa that is one continent that has one voice and one, post, and one passport and, 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 and one economy. And, uh, you know, to, to just elevate the status of Africa, number one. And then number two, to, to actually uh, see a much more peaceful uh, Africa, because there's a lot of coups that are currently taking place, you know, um, here in the continent. And there's a lot of religious wars as well. So there's there's not much harmonization that is happening and 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 collaboration and 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 tolerance and religious tolerance that is happening in the in the continent. So to so see a much more peaceful and prosperous uh, Africa in any way that I cont- uh, that I can contribute in. Oh. I think for me, that, that is my ultimate goal. What a great lead in for the next question. Who do you need <laughs> to help you get there? I mean, where do you see it? You are a perfect example of how somebody can impact policy and governance. And whether you become part of the governance yourself, which I could so see that happening, um, or you know, whether you're, you're one of those that kind of creates the grassroots policies and sees them, writes them, and gets them into the right houses and right places. So how, what do you need? What do you, where, how you see your, yourself getting there is going to tell us who you need. But just off the top of your head, what types of people do you need to help you get there? Well, I need uh, smart people for one, number one, and I need people of good will and people that are actually uh, who prioritize the next person rather than themselves. And then um, I need people who are actually concerned with with, what is happening in in this continent, you know, uh, in terms of the poverty that we see around us, the the coups that we see, the religious wars, the, you know, uh, these negative dynamics, people that are actually aware and people that are actually concerned and people that are actually doing things to to actually counter these negative uh, issues that we are faced with here in this continent. I'm not looking for people that are, uh, are, are coming in with perhaps, you know, aid. Aid, I think, is very, very important. But I think it's high time that we now, as Africans, we need to uh, stand up to the occasion and actually uh, recognize that we ourselves have something to contribute, mm-hmm. not in, not just in terms of, uh, our resources, but we actually have something to contribute in the world in terms of making the world a much more better place. That we have our ideologies that can be embedded and co- used, uh, perhaps in collaboration with other uh, ideologies, and make the world 
a much more better place. So those are the type of thinkers and people that I need. <laughs> oh, yeah. <You're laughs> Emphasis so on governance. <laughs> I love it. Um, I hate that Egweshi hasn't been able to chime in because I think that he's maybe maybe not hearing us, but uh, hopefully when we get it recorded and up, you know, once we get the recording up, he'll be able to hear it all play back. So I am sorry for that. Um, This is terrific. So you stay on because I'm going to close this out and I want to have another like couple of minutes of your time to, to talk to you about some other people since you told me now the types that you want to meet. I want to tell you about a couple of people that might be neat for you. Um, so Igweshi, okay. I hope you can, you can at least see us and say goodbye to you. And uh, Oscar, thank you so much for, for spending a few minutes with us today. And we can't wait to share your story and follow you Thanks. as you kind of move along, because I think that there's going to be great things that we're going to hear about you. So thank you everyone. And if you're watching this on YouTube, go to www.frontrunnersinnovate.com where you'll see this. You'll have also some links that he'll provide with uh, to us of how to connect, maybe from LinkedIn, maybe maybe you've got some other social or a website or something uh, that we can kind of go to, and um, we'll we'll be connecting with you. And so, thank you, Oscar, again. Thank you, Igweshi. We'll see you soon. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>